today's show. We have Father Dwayne Kaiser back in the studio. He's going to share with us the story of how he got his call to the priesthood and what he has experienced as a priest so far. He was a great guest uh, a few weeks ago, so really excited to have you uh, hear another um, interview with him. hope you'll join us for that. First, we have some Biblical Bites with Dr. B, who's sitting right across from me. Yes. Getting ready to be out of town for a few weeks, so we had to record this. Shh, don't early. tell people. Oh yeah, so <laughs> we had to, we have to record a little early because right, we'll be gone. Yeah. It'll be terrible. Yeah, but people are watching this; they didn't know that. I'm no. frankly, I'm back by the time they're hearing this, Renee. That's true. Yeah, but then so, I'll be gone. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, by the way, Father got the call via Rotary. What? Rotary. Oh my gosh! Uh, no, he's not. That was terrible. That was that a dad joke? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, it's the 60th Sunday ordinary time today, the 23rd of July. Though first reading is what I want to focus on. Okay. Today. First reading is from the Book of Wisdom, and this is the first line. It's chapter 12, verse 13. It's the first line from the reading that we hear at Mass. There is no God beside you, besides you, who have the care of all. And it goes on from there. So there's no God besides you who has the care, who have the care of all. Um, I think there's something that most of us don't think about when it comes to the, the, the people of God over the course of time growing in the understanding of who God is. Mm-hmm. So, you know where I'm going? Well, because this makes it sound like there's more than one God. Right. <laughs> like, there's no other God who cares for everything like right. you do, oh right. Lord. Oh, so the implication being there are other gods? Um, so... The, the people of Israel, the people of the Old Testament, in, in the Old Testament, the Israelites, of course, God revealed himself to Abraham and then through, to, through all the other patriarchs. Mm-hmm. So to the, and then you know, all the big Old Testament figures, important figures in the Old Testament. Um, so the, the, the God of Israel is Yahweh, uh, the Lord who revealed himself to their forefathers, to Abraham, or to Moses in the burning bush and so on. But for the Israelites, they're thinking, all right, this is our God, mm-hmm. you know, and then the Egyptians and the Babylonians and the Assyrians and da, 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 they all have their gods, but our God, this is our God. Right. Well, then over time, they, okay, they've got their gods, we got, but our God is the best God. <laughs> and then over time, they realized, oh, our God, in fact, is the only God. Right. So there was a growth in understanding of, so the the Egypt the, sorry the Israelites were always they weren't technically monotheists they had their god they didn't they weren't they didn't worship multiple gods right. but there's a uh, there's a technical term for this that I can't remember right now but they believed that there were all sorts of gods but their god was first of all theirs and then their god was the greatest okay and then they realized oh there's actually no other right. god um so with that though the, the thing that I want to emphasize so, so wisdom. The Book of Wisdom, written just a few centuries before Jesus, is actually at this final stage of realizing oh, okay. all the other gods are, in fact, not deities. Right. They're either just human creations, mm-hmm. literal statues or whatever, or they're demons. Oh. That's, that's okay. if there's anything, quote unquote, supernatural I going didn't see on, that coming. Okay. it's demonic. Okay. Which, if you look at some of the cultures in the ancient world, was definitely the case. Sure. But, but the, the change, what this means for the Israelites is, okay, we've got our God and you've got your gods. But no, we, our God is, in fact, the God of everybody. He's not just for us. He's for everyone. And Jesus breaks that wide open when he comes. He's not just for the Jews. He's for everyone. Really great stuff. Thanks. You bet. 
studio with me, I have Father Dwayne Kaiser again. Welcome, Father. Thank you very much. Thank you. He uh, decided to stay with us long enough to um, share his story of how he became a priest and his call to the priesthood. Uh, I don't know. You've been around the diet. How long have you been a priest? I just celebrated 25 years. Well, congratulations. That's right. We had you in the Bishop's Bulletin. I forgot. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have a bad memory. So. <laughs> um, so you've been around the diocese a bit. Yes. And so there's probably quite a number of people who know you, but there's a lot who probably don't. So it's a good way for people to get to know you. Sure. So, so we're going to talk about uh, how you got your call, but let's start first with just some background, your family, where you grew up, things like that. Okay. Well, I grew up on a farm north of Alexandria. Okay. Um, closer to a town of Fulton, about a mile south of Fulton. And that's around the Mitchell area, That right? is correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. 12 miles east of Mitchell. Okay. I have uh, uh, two brothers and one sister. My sister's the oldest. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Okay. So, so you're middle-ish. Yes. Middle I am young. the neglected child of the family. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yes. Yes. You all can feel sorry for me. <laughs> Because those middle children all know what I, it's about. I'm a middle child. See? So I don't know. You get it. I don't know if I was neglected, though, because my the oldest was my was my brother. Okay. And so he got away with everything. So then when it got to me, then I got away with nothing because they had to crack down on somebody. Right. So <laughs> it was really bizarre. <laughs> and I didn't love it. Well, with having a brother older and younger than me, my yes. brothers never played with me. So I was neglected. Aww. I know. That's you got to feel sorry for me. <laughs> and did you go to school then in Alexandria? Yes. Okay. Okay. There was At that time, um, there were three schools, three buildings. Okay. So I started out in farmer in kindergarten, went to Fulton for three years, came back to farmer until sixth grade, mm -hmm. or seventh grade, and then came into Alec for high school. And our any of those schools still exist? I'm no. not trying to make you feel old. Farmer and Fulton are both closed, and okay. both the buildings are destroyed. Oh, gosh. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, the place I went to high school is gone, too. <laughs> See? Yeah, it all happens to all of us, it right? Does. Yeah, it, it they, really they build new buildings every 50 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay, um, what did your parents do? My parents were farmers. Okay. Small family farm, the last of the small farms. Ah, so all bought up around there. It's really a lot of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which yep. is typical. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. So did you have a plan? Well, before you, was there something else you were going to do? And yes. if you say fireman. No. I mean, okay. <laughs> and I want to be a fireman. Okay, good. <laughs> no. Um, I, I was wanting to go to Votech school here okay. in Sioux Falls, Southeast uh -huh. Votech and either be a, a chef or a horticulturist. Oh, I love both of those. I love okay. cooking, loved being in all that kind of stuff. And I like plants. So I love to dig around in plants and plants. I, I really grow. And you and so I have forth. a lot of things in common, Father. So, I don't yeah. know if you know that, but <laughs> I'm obsessed with my garden. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to do that. But in 1987, uh, I, I I received a, a grant to go to uh, Fatima, Portugal, with Father Robert J. Fox at the time. Okay. So one of the things that we were called to do while we're over there was it was called a pilgrimage. But mm -hmm. you know, when you're 17 years old, you have no idea what a pilgrimage is. Right. You know. You're just like, Europe? Yeah. yeah. Away from mom and dad for two weeks? Yeah. Absolutely. And out of the country? Absolutely. So, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about the world. I didn't know anything about my faith too much. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that we were called to do was to go and pray in, at, at the Cova where Mary appeared. Sure. And to ask Mary what she wanted me to do in my life. Oh. Well, it was a 
10 day trip. You said this was not a very good story. And I just didn't (laughs) believe, I I knew not to believe you because this is going to be a good story. Okay. (laughs) So I went to the Cove and prayed and uh, lo and behold, nothing happened. Absolutely. You're right. Bad story. (laughs) Yeah. Bad story. Nothing happened. It wasn't, uh, the skies didn't open up and the Mary didn't appear to me or nothing. And um, and so I was like, well, Okay, well, I did what I was supposed to do. Right. And, I, I, and I drug my feet and drug my feet because I did it on the last day that we were there. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, procrastination is a part of my life. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah. But, however, I came back um, from the pilgrimage, and that was the first year of the Fatima family apostolate that Father Fox put on all those oh, years. sure. And that was the dedication of the shrine. Mm-hmm. And so shortly after that time, uh, was at home, and all of a sudden I got this call of saying, you need to be a priest. And I was like, oh, okay. So I told my dad, um, and he was, of course, he was all excited. He wanted to tell the whole world. And I said, like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's kind of <laughs> calm down. Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I just heard it. Okay? I just heard the call. Yeah, exactly. So we went in and talked to Father Fox and then got the ball rolling for mm-hmm. for that um, and so, yeah, I, I applied for the seminary and went off to the seminary, but I drug my feet a little bit too during that time. Yeah. The, okay. So I feel like you skipped a lot of stuff here. When you heard that call, were you like, uh, are you sure? Well, or was yeah. Was there some fear? It, was it, what, what was going on? Well, you know, when, again, when you're, you're 17. 17 years old, you've, you're like, <laughs> what do you want to do in your life? Well, I just, I don't know. I want to make money, <laughs> you know? But now all of a sudden you're going off to, you're, you're applying for college when first and foremost, I struggled. I mean, my, my academics were D level in, in high school. Mm -hmm. And so C's and D's is what I got. And so going off to college, you know, the, you know, the, uh, uh, counselor said, you want to do what? You don't have the grades for that. I'm like, well, thanks very much for supporting me. Yeah, that's great. Guess well, I'll go. Sometimes even my my older brother was very much like that. His his high school grades and stuff were not great. He's a very smart man and went to school for engineering. And I mean, sometimes it's just it's less about intelligence and more about not caring all that much in high school. My husband was the same. Well, I. It, I cared. I mean, never, but you know, when you have people telling you you're stupid all your life, it doesn't, it doesn't help. No. no. Rather than, you know, assisting the child and saying, what can we do to help you? Right. um, They just say, well, you're a low, you're a lost cause. We'll just get you through. Right. Kick you through and it'll be fine. Yeah. But grades aren't everything. No. They're not. No. So I, I struggled all the way through seminary every year. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that, that was a challenge. Sure. Uh, in seminary, uh, but not really knowing what the priesthood was all about, I, I, mean, I was always fascinated with what the priest was doing on the altar. Right. It just all the shiny stuff that was up there, <laughs> the lights, the vestments, and that just fascinated me. Were you an altar server at all? I was never an altar server. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope. I would have thought pew. you would have been. Nope. I was never an altar server. Okay. In fact, the first time that I ever served was I I went to a a boys camp, a vocations boys camp mm-hmm. up in Blue Cloud Abbey, mm-hmm. and the first time I ever served was with Bishop Dudley. Okay. Yep. Didn't know what I was doing, but, 
you know what? The, the old verbiage is fake until you make it. Right, right. I did that. Did you ring the bells at the right time? Uh, yes, I did. Good job. <laughs> well, actually, somebody else rang the bells. Oh, okay. I just poured the water and okay. all that kind of stuff over the bishop's hands. So. You did the easy job. Yes, well, exactly. The, the beginner job. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so was there, um, were there parts of seminary that were, what did you enjoy there? Because you said you struggled a lot, but what did you enjoy while you were well, that's a good question. I don't know if I enjoyed anything while I was in seminary. <laughs> so what kept you there? The call. Okay. Like it was that call, strong. The call you. kept me there. Yeah. Because okay. it wasn't pleasant. I mean, it was a difficult time mm -hmm. in the seminary. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it was just the call kept me there. Mm -hmm. And by the grace of God, I was there. Right. So it wasn't until well, I, I was there... I, I was accepted to seminary in Mount Angel. Or excuse me. I was accepted to seminary in Winona, Minnesota, oh, yeah. IHM. So I went to IHM for three years, was there, and tried to be my best. You know, that image that you have to right. hold. And, I'm holy, I swear. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'll show you. I'll fake it. Um, arrogance came into that play and thought that was, you know, better than most people and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Um, but... Uh, just that call kept me there. Well, then I was on academic probation for three semesters, so the school said, no, you, you have to bring your grades up. You have to take some time off. We won't accept you next semester. Right. So I took some time off and worked. I was a janitor at the public safety building here in Sioux Falls. Okay. And it's not the big complex that it is now. Sure. Um, and then I also worked in retail, so I worked at Shopco for, oh, okay. for a while. Okay. And then after that, um, about nine months, I worked nine, 10 months, mm -hmm. worked in that capacity. And then I went back to Dudley, uh, and Bishop Dudley, and said, I, I think I'm still being called. Because I went to go visit um, different religious houses during that time because oh, okay. I always felt like I was still being called. Yeah. Yeah. But academics was just not one of the things that I wanted to do. and I, So I went to go visit the Franciscans, the Holy Cross Brothers, and just different things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, but just never felt like that was the right place. Right. Always felt called to... To back to the diocese. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was in Huron for a few months with the um, then Father Joseph Murphy. Okay. God rest his soul. He had passed away. And then uh, Father Mike Kelly. Okay. So both of them, uh, one of them in each one of the parishes up there. Mm -hmm. And um, Father Murphy uh, pulled me aside one day and said, okay, it's getting closer to school. Is this what you really want to do? And I said, well, yeah, I, I think I, I think the priesthood is me. He says, I do too, and you need to go back. <laughs> so I applied, wrote my letter and everything else, and mm -hmm. was accepted, went back to Winona. But um, one of the stipulations was I, I had to do some academic testing. Okay. And so I was it was discovered that I have dys dyslexia, and I knew that. Uh -huh. um, but the learning disability on top of it. Oh. So test anxiety, um, Reading, mm -hmm. I read seven years slower than any, anybody my grade level. Oh, okay. Um, but comprehension was off the charts. Oh. So. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. So reading was the important part. So I would read, but then I, every word I would read, interpret it, def, or actually define it, interpret it, put it into practice. Mm -hmm. Every time I read a word. Right. So that's why it was seven years slower. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but the comprehension, again, was way off the charts. Right. Um, and so uh, we did some changing around and sure. graduated sure. from Winona. 
And then uh, Bishop uh, Carlson at the time asked me to go out to Mount Angel. Okay. Where is that? Oregon. Okay. So I went out to, about, I went out to Oregon for, for academics out there for graduate school and uh, uh, did my theology out there mm-hmm. and graduated with two masters. Okay, so you went <laughs> that, right. That that's hilarious. So you went from <laughs> this is so difficult. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. To graduating with two masters. Degrees. Yes, yeah. That was the only seminary in that year that graduated with two masters. Yeah, that's a gift from God. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. And Bishop Carlson at the time says, "Why are you? I I don't I don't want you to do this masters. Just get the masters that is given to everybody." Mm-hmm. I said, "But." I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing, I'm proving to myself that I can do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that, I don't want you to do it though. <laughs> well, I'm going to do it anyway, I said. So I did it. But the first time I was, apl- I applied, I was, uh, I, I was accepted. And then a few weeks later, I was denied because of my, my academics weren't, sure. the GPA wasn't where it was supposed to be. Sure. So of course, in my Kaiser fashion, I argued with them <laughs> and said, uh, well, you accepted me already, and they said, "Well, we didn't look at your your GPA." And I was like, "Well, that's not my fault." <laughs> so I was just gonna say, "That's not my problem." <laughs> that's right. They said, "Well, we're not accepting you regardless." So, so I thought, "Okay, well, what do I need to do?" He said, "Well, you need to bring up your your grades in mm-hmm. order to apply again." And you and you once you bring up your grades, so I did. I uh, then went uh, to uh, my academic dean and said, "Okay, I got a plan to bring up my grades." I'm going to, for the next year, I'm going to do some independent studies on this class, this class, and this class, and I'll take all the other classes because in, in the classroom, I said, because of X, Y, and Z of all of my academic struggles. And he said, no, you can't do that. And I said, but it's the law. I said, I have the law on my side. <laughs> and he says, well, we're not allowing you. I said, well, you know, what, do you take Pell Grants? Do you take government funding and so on and so forth for people? And mm-hmm. he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, then you have to follow the law. Right. No, well, he wasn't going to do it. So I called the rector in. <laughs> and, and the rector he said, well, explain it to me. So I explained it to him. And uh, the rector looked at the academic uh, dean and said, oh, "You, we have to. Yeah. That's the law. Yeah. Well, he reluctantly accepted. <laughs> but I laid it all out. I had it all written out as to how I was going to do this. Right. And what I was going to do to bring up my grades. And literally, I had to get four A's each semester. Well, well, the first semester I got five A's, and the second semester I got four. Good job. <laughs> so I brought Ooh. it up to, a, to that GPA <laughs> where I needed to have it. And yep. I applied, was accepted, and wrote my master's uh, in one year. Very nice. Which is unheard of. Yeah. So what are the two master's? The first one is in uh, master's of divinity. Okay. Uh, and the second one is Masters of Theology and okay. of Art. Okay. Oh. So it's art and architecture. Yeah. And my theme was art and architecture and how that brings people to heaven. Yeah. To God. Yeah. So it's like an icon. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah, it was. It was. I did a lot of research. I read a lot of books, and <laughs> I lost a lot of friends. But I wanted to get it done because you had nothing else to do except study. Right, and read, and <laughs> right. type, and right. type, and type. Yeah. So right. no, it was. It was very good. So good, good. I'm glad you made it through it. Yeah. It so struggle. it was a struggle, but it was a good struggle. <laughs> yeah. So um, okay. But, so you were ordained 25 years ago. Yep. August. Or excuse me. June 26, 1998. So you. Just yeah. celebrated. Yeah. 
10 years yeah. after I graduated from high school, I was yeah. ordained a priest. Very nice. Yeah. Um, what, is there anything from your ordination that stands out? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. It was very hot. <laughs> and it was very, it was, the end of June. <laughs> it was very, very windy. Oh, okay. Oh, hot and windy. So it was like that, a blast furnace outside. Oh, it was, yes. <laughs> One of the things I remember distinctly was that that was the time where flagpoles were put out in front of the cathedral uh -huh. with all kinds of different, well, now they just put the the state flags and the oh, right. papal flags and all that other yep. kind of stuff. Well, these were just triangle flags that were put on the big pole. Well, the three of them broke because it was that windy. <laughs> and uh, somebody had opened a back door and there was a door going back to the sacristy and that slammed shut. Oh, no. Yeah. So that made a huge boom. Yeah. Throughout the cathedral. <laughs> and there was no, as a reminder, 25 years ago, there was no air conditioning was in the cathedral. I was going to say that. Yeah. I don't know how priests do it. I, I just don't so know. With it all was those very, very hot. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very hot. But, you know, I didn't focus on that because I was focusing on oh, focusing on being ordained. Yes. Yes. Very. But, you know, what's interesting is that that day there were three different colors. I saw three different colors that day. Okay. As the day progressed. Okay. Yeah. Gold, red, and green. Okay. So are there now? No so idea that, what that means. That means. Oh, okay. I, no idea, but that's the <laughs> colors that I saw. That's interesting. It's it's so interesting yeah. to hear priests talk about that stuff. So, okay. But nobody else. I was ordained with uh, four other, three other guys. Okay. Father Christopher Hughes, mm -hmm. uh, Father Doug Binsfield, and Father David Stevens. Okay. Are my classmates. And they're all still priests in the diocese. Yes. Which is lovely. Yes. Um, okay, so you are currently a uh, chaplain at the Avera McKenna Hospital. Correct. And you have done quite, and there might be some other stuff you want to get to, but I want to make sure we get to this. Um, you have done quite a bit of master ceremonies assisting. That is correct. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Sure. I think we need to follow the progression of where the parishes yeah. I was at. Yeah, please. So my please. first parish was St. Mary's Aberdeen. Okay. And so at that time, uh, Father Greg Schockert asked me to be MC for Masters of Ceremony for the liturgies of Christmas and Easter. Oh, sure. Yep. And so I was there also, I was MC for something that Bishop Carlson was there for okay. too. And I think he kind of saw what I did and how I did it. And and I, after two years, I was transferred to Yankton. Mm -hmm. At Christmas time, he asked me to come up and help do liturgies at the cathedral. At the cathedral. Okay. So I thought, well, why not? Yeah. You know, and then shortly after, he asked me to be his MC. Mm -hmm. So he, then I, from Yankton, I moved up to the cathedral to mm -hmm. be as an, an associate master's of ceremony and office of worship okay. director. Yep. And so what does it mean? It means that you direct the liturgies. Okay. So what it, with that, it you're directing the bishop, mm -hmm. so it re, it relieves him of the tensions or the responsibilities of knowing what's, what's going next. Okay, sure. So it's a kind of a director. So you you, put, you you the only time that a priest can tell a bishop what to do this is being why you did it, yes, isn't it? <laughs> is being MC. Yes. So I have a question about this because I've watched uh, different priests. You, Father Lawrence, at my own parish, um, Father Schaefbauer has on occasion uh, done the MC duties, and I've noticed that when a priest does that, it seems like they're not acting as because they're not they're not taking part in the consecration and those kind of things. Can you explain correct. that to me? Well, at that time they are the director. Okay. So you can concelebrate. Okay. It's not recommended though. Okay. 
So you take a step back. You're just the priest director okay. during that time. Is that just so you can focus on the thing you're supposed to be doing? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Because it is kind of hard to pray the Mass and concelebrate while leading it at the same time. Yeah. Because, you know, you are directing not just the bishop, but you're directing the deacons and the seminarians who are serving or or the servers. Right. And you're directing all the other priests that are there. So you have to be mindful of what's going on around you. Sure. And it's hard to pray. Yeah. The Mass while you're doing that. Yeah. Uh, if any of you have been to any of the ordinations recently, you've probably seen Father Kaiser um, doing NC duties then as well. Um, and I think you have to have a little bit of a certain personality to do this. I think so. You have to have, you have to be, and I'm going to say this in my Renee way, you have to be a little bit bossy. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. Just because you got to get everybody in their place and not waste a lot of time trying to figure it out. Like, right. be able to... Um, I get, yeah, boss of yeah, and, and, and really, sometimes it's like herding cats. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I've noticed that because I've been to a few rehearsals for ordination, and it is a little bit because everybody gets a little squirrely. Well, and, and not only that, but everybody has their own opinion. Yeah. As to how it should be too. Yeah. And, and you have to actually study that, yeah. like, to know what the liturgy is supposed to be. There's Correct. there's a lot of work behind. There that. is. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for clearing up some of that. Yeah, so, <laughs> but you know, it, it is. It's it's a working understanding of the liturgy. Yeah. It's a working understanding of people mm-hmm. because you have to know how to direct people in a, in a good way. My favorite thing to do as an MC is to be uh, unnoticed. Oh, yeah. And that's a successful mass. Yeah. If somebody says, well, I didn't see you up there, I did my Perfect. job. Perfect. <laughs> yep, I did my <laughs> and job. And nothing fell apart. And, right. And the photographer didn't run out by the altar. Right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You have to be the blocker. You know, one of the most... The wrong em- photographer. Right. One of the most embarrassing things that I ever done as an MC was uh, a midnight mass uh-huh. at the cathedral. My family was there because I invited them. But my sleeve, my uh, surplus, got caught on a ciboria lid. Oh, no. And as I was moving <laughs> my hand back, it fell on the floor <laughs> and made a huge sound throughout the entire cathedral. And I was so embarrassed. They knew you were there that day. Yes, they knew I was there that day. And my nephew at the time was probably eight or ten, and he—that's the first thing he asked me. So, is that what you always do—is drop something? <laughs> you were like, shh, shh, pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. And he's still to this day. He's thirty-two years old, and he still he still reminds me of that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's okay. That's what family's for. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Uh, Father, that was a good story. All of it. Thank you again for being taking some time out for us. I know you're, you're super busy being on call and all your work at the hospital. So, Well, I'm as busy as the, the Holy Spirit allows me to be. That's true. You that's know? true. And that's one of my... I'm going to take a few seconds yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. It's one of my pet peeves is busy. I'm busy. We're all busy. Yeah. But taking the time for what's important is important. Yes. And yes. when I, I remind people... When they say, oh, Father, I know you're busy. No, I have time for you. Right. That's important. Yeah. That's good. That's a good reminder for all of us because we do think our priests are too busy. It's yeah. Too- right. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Well, Father, I know you're busy. No, I'm not busy for you. Right. I will try to make the time. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you again. You're very welcome. Okay. If you haven't found us on social media, find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Also at Rumble if you have it to SF Diocese. You can also always go to the website sfcatholic.org. That's it for us today. 
Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic